This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. Oh, one of my very favorite people is on our show right now. We keep dragging him back here whenever he's in town. He is Carson Arthur, landscape designer and host of HGTV, Canada's Home to Win, and a couple of other shows like County Gardens, too, right? Like, you are a busy guy. Yeah, I get around a little bit. A little, little yeah. bit. Although I'm not the host on Home to Win. Sangeeta would shoot me for that one because she hosts it. I'm just one of the experts. I just happen to be the gardening expert, which is, you know, the Huge. most important one. It is the most important <laughs> one. Uh, we love talking gardening with you whenever you're in town. So thank you for coming back. My pleasure. We wanted to talk about fall gardening because I'm thinking like with the weather right now, it's time when you have to think about putting things to bed, right? Yeah, no pun intended. Okay, maybe a little <laughs> pun intended. But there's so many things that people get wrong at this time of year. And that's what absolutely baffles me because we have such a huge gardening community here. And yet they're getting it wrong. What do you mean we're getting it wrong? So, for example, what do you do with your fall leaves? Uh, well, they get raked up and they get bagged. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wrong. Uh, uh, uh. Are you sure? Because like my neighborhood is one of those neighborhoods that there's just, you can't even see the ground because <laughs> there's so many leaves. Like no, you have to do something. And I, and I get that. And that's great that you're cleaning them up. The thing that we're starting to learn, though, is leaves are Mother Nature's natural fertilizer. So when we're taking away the organic fertilizer and then we're going to the stores and buying the chemical-based oh. fertilizer, we're getting it wrong. So we now know that the leaves from a small tree, just a small maple tree, properly chopped up, composted, equal between $30 and $50 worth of store-bought fertilizer, it kind of makes you shake your head and go, why am I giving these away? Okay, but can I then, does that mean that I could perhaps just like leave a small blanket of them at the foot of the shrubs or whatever, and is that okay? Well, and that's the way to do it. Now, I'm always telling but yes, you got to get them off the lawn. So whether you're using a rake. I don't have a lawn. I got rid of my lawn. Amazing. Perfect. But for the people who do have grass, definitely get it <laughs> off the lawn. You want to be smart about that. But then have them, if you can chop them up, whether you have a mower or even one of the wheel um, lawnmowers, the push ones, chop right. them up and then put the chopped bits in around your perennials. It's fantastic nutrients, full of carbon, full of nitrogen. It's like free fertilizer. So that's all you need to do? Yeah. So you chop up the leaves. leaves. Yeah, because by chopping them up, it actually lets the leaf mold naturally get in there to start breaking down those leaves much faster. So you get the nutrients into the garden faster. So we are raking up and throwing away the fertilizer and then buying more. Right. And we're starting to see all this information coming out about those chemical fertilizers that we're addicted to. We won't say any big bad names, but you know, the slow release nitrogen I and all I feel like that. you were close to saying uh, something. Right there. Right. I was, everybody <laughs> so who's listening is yeah. knowing exactly what I'm talking about. But these fertilizers are now staying in the ground six to eight years. And what happens is every hmm. year we put more and more on top of it. So we're actually saturating the soil with these chemical fertilizers and they're leaching into our water tables. We're getting algae blooms that we should never be getting, especially our fresh water sources. And yet we have all the natural fertilizer right. that we need. Yeah. Scary, isn't it? Scary, yes, for mm-hmm. this time of year. Mm-hmm. Nice little mm-hmm. Halloween joke there, too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, another scary thing is you were telling me, if anybody is thinking about pruning right now or at this time of year, stop put the pruners down. Just put the pruners down. Just gently walk away from your pruners. Now, uh, let's set some clarification here. Okay. Uh, if there's a serious situation, like if you have a tree which is in not good health, obviously call an arborist. If they remove it, that's a good thing. If you have a branch that's split and it's hanging over your house and you, you want to take that down, 
absolutely get rid of that. Right. But generally, at this time of year, you shouldn't actually be pruning that much. And here's the reason nope. why. Most of our plants are getting ready for winter. I said the big bad word, but you know, it's it's coming. It's a reality. Thanks for that, Carson. Yeah. And all <laughs> of the energy is now going into the roots. But as soon as you start cutting or making cuts to it or start opening up the bark, the plant now says, uh-oh, 911, we got to heal that. So they take some of the energy back from the roots to heal the cuts. That's never a good oh. thing. Yeah. So that's a bad, bad idea. The other thing is most of our flowering plants, our flowering shrubs need to be pruned within three weeks upon completion of blooming. So we should have already done it. Yeah. For many of them, it should have already been done. And the reason why is most of these flowering plants, not all, but a majority actually take a full year to set the next blooms. So if you cut the plant six months after it blooms, the likelihood of you actually pruning off next year's flower buds is really high. Oh. I always get conversations from people saying, why did my hydrangeas not bloom? You and cut I said, all the blooms off. I said, did you prune them? Yeah, I did. And I said, well, you Pruned off the blooms. So there are a few plants right now that are in bloom, some of the late hydrangeas. Wait till they're done flowering. Then you've got three weeks to give them a nice, nice little trim. Never more than one-third of the plant can come off at a time. But you can give them a little trim going into the wintertime. That's okay for those specific plants. Right. Everything else, we're leaving alone until they're completely dormant. So you can prune in the middle of winter is what you're saying. Absolutely. In fact, if you've got fruit trees, that's the perfect time to prune. When the leaves are completely off of them, you can see all the different branches, the scaffolding levels, but also all the energy, the, the life force of the plant is now in the roots, so it's protected. Okay. Come spring, it's all going to come up. It will heal itself and off it goes. Okay. So for fruit trees in particular, mm -hmm. then what should we be doing at this time of year? Telling them they're beautiful and talking to them nicely. No, there's not do a lot to do. talk to your trees? <laughs> I do talk to my trees and I say, you got too many scabs this year. No. Uh, <laughs> this time of year, we want to make sure that we're taking our string trimmers or our leaf blowers and we're removing the leaves and the debris around the bottom of the tree. We don't want grass. We don't want things growing there because that's where all the fungal infections overwinter. Oh. So by cleaning up around the bottom, okay. that's what we're doing. So cleaning that all up. And I'm actually here as part of the Craftsman Tour for Rona and Lowe's talking about just that. This is the time to do cleanup only. No major changes, just cleanup. Okay, so that's what fall gardening really should be all about. Because a lot of times we think of it as, oh, it's time to put everything to bed. But it's not yet time to put everything to bed. Well, to bed is such a loose term. Because as soon as we use a blanket term like that, we get into trouble. Because some plants are not ready to go to bed yet. They're yeah, like the they're teenager like, no, kids. I got some partying I, I got things to do. Yeah. So when we say, oh, everything has to go to bed now... That's actually a mistake. So this is even a time of year where we can do some fertilizing, which surprises a lot of people. Really? Yeah, absolutely. You like can, what? You can put fertilizers in your gardens right now, specifically around root development, because we want our plants to have more roots to yeah. store more energy and overall health. That means the fertilizers that you're doing in the fall should have a high middle and a high last number. We don't want anything in that first number because that first number is nitrogen and that promotes leaf growth, which is not what we want for our plants. But the middle and the last number, again, are roots and shoots and overall health. It's like a vitamin. So you really only want the high number as the first number in the springtime. Absolutely. That's when I absolutely hit my lawns with a high first number, really get that good, that good green development. And I know there's lots of lawn fertilizers right now that say good for fall. But I always am very skeptical about that. When they're just nitrogen-based, the plants are only focused on above ground. And at this time of year, I know it needs the, the root development and that overall health. Because that is actually really going to help you, you know, if you don't get as much sun, if you don't, or if you don't get as much rain the next year, you don't water it as much. If they have stronger roots, your grass is going to be better off. And it's going to be more excited come spring to get going. 
Okay. This is all excellent, excellent advice. And so like what's going on at your place right now? What have you done? So we're actually getting into cooler temperatures and cooler temperatures for me is very exciting because that's when I can start planting bulbs. (laughs) Oh, everybody loves their bulbs. I do love bulbs. And you can't plant. No, I'm going to correct myself there. You shouldn't plant bulbs until your daytime temperature is consistently below six degrees. You know that that doesn't often happen here. I know. That's why I'm always telling people, just wait, just wait, be patient. If you plant it and then we get a warm spell, often we get tulips shooting out of the ground in the middle of December. You don't want that. You want tulips to go into the ground and go dormant right away. But then how do you balance that with when the ground freezes? You want to just time it just right. So This is really hard, Carson. I know. And the gardeners are out there like, oh my gosh. But you have to be paying attention to the weather patterns. You have to know that the ground is going to get cold. You want the ground below four degrees consistently. It doesn't have to be frozen solid, but below four degrees because that's cold enough that when you put the tulips in or the crocus or the allium that they won't start so growing now, they're going to yeah. grow in the spring after we go through, you know, whatever that white stuff is going to be. Uh, out here, maybe nothing. <laughs> but, no, but yeah, it happens. It does. It does. So are you on Twitter and Instagram? I am. So more on Instagram. I'm, I figured good gardening yeah, pictures, right? And, and a lot on Facebook. My Instagram is Carson's Garden Market because I actually opened my own little garden center this past oh, nice. year. Yeah. It's sort of like if Whole Foods and Starbucks got together to sell plants, that would be my garden center. That's very visual. Mm. <laughs> I, can, I can picture that. I would like, but it's back east. It's not out here. It's back east. I know. Do you think you Don't should have a me. national franchise we'll of get these there, things? We'll get there. You think so? Yep. I have alpacas. Because I mean, this is the gardening <laughs> mecca, wouldn't you say? Beyond. I mean, it's not Victoria. Vancouver Island is really the gardening yeah, mecca. Yeah, it, it is beyond. And I, I always look at how many people who aren't gardeners are successful here, and I think that's just not fair. But again, you have the perfect conditions for a lot of plant material. And then it surprises me when I get emails from this side saying, how do I do this? How do I do that? About plants that they shouldn't even be growing. I mean, it's great that you can, but stay away okay, from the palm I'm gonna, trees. I'm going to admit I have been guilty of that. Have you planted palm trees? Uh, no, Well, a long time ago. Okay. And it did survive because we were very good to it. We were, you know, always covering it up and the root and all that. And it was fine. But we left it behind at a previous house that we lived in. I Here's what I'm going to admit to. Okay. And this is very difficult. Is that I actually did try to plant bougainvillea. Right. You were not alone. Beautiful the first year it was there. Absolutely. And then dead as a doorknob after that. Or if you get that that one nice winter and then you think, oh, it's going to do fine. It's going to do great. And I love bougainvillea. Like, I love it. Yeah. Can can we just rewind to February last year? The eight inches of freezing slush that was everywhere. I know. Bougainvillea, not not loving that. I know. I'm just going to have to (laughs) vacation places where you can see it because that's what I love. Yeah. So... I mean, be, Are we bad for that then on the West Coast? Is it we think, oh, it's mild here. We can plant whatever we want. Or we think, oh, somebody else is doing it. I can do it too. That's the dangerous one. Well, how are they doing it then? And are they so, better gardeners? They may have better. They may have a better green thumb. They may have hired somebody with a better green thumb. But the thing is you have to know what you're doing to grow some of these plants. We're taking your calls with Carson Arthur. Let's get right to it because we have a whole bunch of them. We have Dave on the line from Vancouver. Hi, Dave. Hi, Sami. Good news. Only 149 days of spring. It'd be 148, but it's a leap year. What can you do? <laughs> What's your question, Carson, Dave? Hmm? What's your question? Okay, well, simply, Carson, uh, number one, no, I won't rake up the leaves because i got three million of them on a magnolia tree. Mm. But I want to ask about shade. Um, every year, I get increased shade from the trees. Maybe a neighbor builds a lane home. I have one neighbor, he put up uh, like a small tool shed. I no longer can grow tomatoes, peppers. Can uh. you talk about the importance of increasing shade in a garden? I think eventually I'll eventually have a fern garden. Right. Well, okay. So 
my question to you is, is the shade a problem or is the shade just a problem because the plants that you want to grow don't do well in shade? Well, I'm smart enough to avoid the shade, but I think a lot of, you know, novice gardeners, I lecture in gardening, uh, perhaps are very disappointed, not realizing all of a sudden a greenhouse went up, or not a greenhouse, right. but, a, you know, like a small, uh, you know, lane home went up, or maybe a shed, okay. or another tree has just grown substantially, and uh, boom, why why isn't my uh, vegetables okay. or whatever growing? Okay, thanks for that, Dave. So then, Carson, like, what, plant, what grows well in shade? Okay, well, let's be honest here. The leafier the plant, the better it's going to do in shade. And if you think of leaves like solar panels. The bigger the solar panel, the more energy it brings in. The bigger the leaf, the more energy it brings in for the plant. It does better in low-light oh, situations. Like hostas. It's a great rule of thumb. Absolutely. I think the bigger issue to his question was, why aren't we seeing more people focusing and celebrating shade gardens? Because then we wouldn't say, oh, I want to grow tomatoes. Then it would be, maybe I do want a gorgeous shade garden, just like this one that's being featured on the cover of the paper. Or, you know, yeah. we really need to change the shift, the gears, so that people understand that you can have beautiful things even in shade i think that's an excellent point let me go to robin who's called from richmond robin you have a question i do good morning, good morning. Uh, i'm just like simi i love the bougainvillea which i bought this year and nice. i actually brought it inside my house okay oh. so um and i also did that with my brugmansia is there anything i need to know it's actually just losing its flowers but it looks pretty good like it's got new leaves and everything but should i be putting it in a cooler place a warmer place sunshine what Right. Okay. So a couple of things. Did you spray down your plants before you brought them in? I did not. Okay. So we, we want to make sure we treat them with a little insecticidal soap because okay. we don't want to see white fly and fungus gnats and all the fun things which love to live on those plants come into the house with them, especially in the soil. Okay. So you can do insecticidal soap, which is one and a half tablespoons of just a regular dish soap to a liter of water. Okay. Or you can purchase one. It's very easy. The other thing is you have to think about what these plants usually like. And both of the plants that you mentioned are southern plants that like heat and they like lots of sun. Yeah. Now, you can put the Brugmansia into a dormant situation. You can put it into a darker room. It's not going to look great. It's going to lose its leaves. It's going to be a bit messy and then bring it back out in the spring. But for the Bougainvillea, I like to actually keep it in a sunny window and try and keep it going a little bit. Perfect. Thank you okay. so much. No, welcome. thank you, Robin, for giving us a call. Let's go now to Larry in Port Coquitlam. Hi, Larry. Hi there. Um, I've got this fig, I believe, in the front yard. I moved into this new place last February. Um, I trimmed it back in the spring. It grew profusely, and all of these figs like started growing on it. And I was told it's like a pumpkin where they're a late mature um, now it has collapsed, totally looking oh. dead, and I don't know if I should clean it up, leave it, or what to do with it. Okay, so let's. Uh, you probably have one of the hardy figs, but there are a few varieties that will die back down to the ground every single year. So this may not necessarily be a bad thing for you. What I want you to do is I want you to do a thumbnail scratch test. And it sounds a little bit odd, but I want you to go out and scratch the bark. If there is actually still uh, green underneath that bark, then the plant is still alive in that section. If there's no green underneath, you can actually start maybe pruning it, lightening it up a little bit, hoping that you're going to get new growth from the bottom of the plant. You got that? 
Thank you very much. Okay, thank you for that, Larry. That's a tough one, right? Because like sometimes yeah. things are gone. I want to quickly, Anne had emailed me, and I got to get this in. Uh, it's about a hibiscus. Okay. And she said, I never seem to be able to weather my plant. This year I have brought it inside. She wants to know, is that a good idea? Because if I put it in my garden shed, I'll forget to water it. Yeah, no, definitely bringing it inside is better than leaving it in the watershed and ignoring it. Uh and most people, when they bring in hibiscus, forget that hibiscus, unless they're in equal sun, will start shedding leaves. And they will shed other leaves, they make a big mess, but then they will grow new leaves. And when we think about hibiscus and they've shed the leaves, we stop watering it because we're like, oh, it's dead, I've killed it. You have to keep watering your hibiscus all through the season. You can reduce it to once every two weeks once all the leaves are gone, but you got to stick with it. Don't give up on it, even though it looks like maybe it's ready for the compost pile. Carson, where can people find you if they have more questions? CarsonArthur.com. Easy breezy. Really? And you answer emails Every people? single one. I do it in person. Yep. CarsonArthur.com. Mm-hmm. All right. No wonder you never reply back to me because I don't have any gardening Come questions. On now. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Thank you so much for being on our My show pleasure. today. Come back anytime. That is Carson Arthur.